0: Chapter Three Dorothy Dale's Camping Days. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Lucy Burgoyne. Dorothy Dale's Camping Days by Margaret Penrose. Chapter Three The Disastrous Drag. It was perfectly delicious. I'm glad you think so, Tavia. No, I am not. Either. I am very sorry. Dorothy put aside her notes, and sighed the last sigh for one night, that sort of content signal with which young girls usually put the final period to labour. Oh, Dorothy! And Tavia flung herself down directly upon her friend's nicely pressed robe. You always want to put the damper on, What's the use of being girls if we can't be? Idiots, added Dorothy, and she wondered why she so strongly opposed Tavia. I'll tell you, Tavia, this business of chatting with strange young men is nothing less than foolish. I can't see where it becomes funny. It begins, said Tavia, balancing her pencil on her third finger, at the point where Dorothy Dale turns preacher. A poor sermon is absolutely funny. Thank you, returned Dorothy, without recovering her good nature. But you must remember, Tavia, that we are leaving Glenwood in two days. I may leave tonight, if you keep on, declared Tavia. Dorothy, I never knew you to be so obstinate. Nor have I ever known you to be so foolish. Tavia, that young man, is queer.' He is mysterious, and I have a feeling that he means harm. Pure jealousy, Doro, and Tavia jumped up and flung herself almost upon the girl who sat in the shade of the study lamp. I am so sorry he did not take the notion to you. Dorothy was accustomed to these outbreaks, and they merely meant a gesture, or whatever fling came with the speech. The words indicated absolutely nothing. she gave Tavia an answering smile. Well, dear, we won't quarrel at least this time, but see that it doesn't happen again. When shall we go home, dear me? It does seem a long time between holidays, and Tavia tumbled down in the most nondescript heap. I shall be glad to see dear old Dalton, replied Dorothy father and the boys are going with me to settle things up there. Then we will go to Aunt Winnie's. I hope you and I will be able to spend our vacations together. You know I am going to camp with Cologne, and she has included you in the invitation. As Dorothy's paperweight? No, it can't be that. I could never keep anything down. It must have been Dorothy's watch charm, interrupted Tavia with a slight show of sarcasm. "'Rosemary was particularly anxious that she should come,' Tavia, declared Dorothy, with emphasis, "'and she has the reputation of never giving an insincere invitation. "'She likes you and wants to enjoy you, "'as well as to have you enjoy yourself. Three cheers for the enjoys,' retorted Tavia, "'and may their shadow never grow less.' But say, Dorothy, how did you get out of the scrape? I was a traitor to run, but somehow I couldn't stand for Higley's look. When she puts her alleged features at half-mast and sounds taps, I have to quit. But we had to stand. I can't see any good reason for telling you about it, making a report to the deserter. Now, Doro— and Tabia fairly melted into sweetness. I simply cannot slumber until I have heard, Did need peach? There was nothing to hide in our part of the comedy, declared Dorothy. Of course, we skipped the man part, and left out the hay cart dump, besides admitting the sheep act, and forgetting the farmer's whip. Hip hip, threatened Tavia. Couldn't have done better myself, and no one ordered to the guard-house.' "'You have not yet been accounted for,' said Dorothy, with well-aimed meaning. Miss Higley said she would see to your account herself. "'Will I? "'Not if I see her first. Did anyone say I was there? I should think, with such remarkable skill at admitting, that you might have had the good taste to admit me. "'Tavia,' Does it strike you that this is packing up night? That tomorrow we make all our bouquets of remembrance more or less artificial, and that the day following? We flip the flutter, and good riddance, I just evolve school. Notice how I have improved. Last year I hated it. And I must admit you have improved otherwise than in your vocabulary, said Dorothy. Seems to me you have grown almost tall. Thanks, pretty maiden. Any more in stock like that? And Tavia jumped up to get a look in the glass. Tell me before I shrink. In your opinion, she begged, making queer passes before the mirror. But say, Doro, do you ever take a look at yourself? I have to say you are simply splendid, and that's putting it mild. The Dalton youths will be suiciding on account of the returned colour. That lily is the one that stands being boxed up without food or atmosphere for half the year. I believe, hence my comparison, you have withstood Glenwood, and come out of the ring more beautiful than when you entered. Oh, you need not protest. Everybody admits that you are a perfect Dresden. Animated, of course." and Tavia gazed with unstinted admiration at the girl under the study lamp. Well, I hope I have not actually grown homely, conceded Dorothy, for Aunt Winnie is so fond of a good appearance. Your hair is darker, that is, on the ripe corn shade. I like that, better than the fourteen-carat variety. I only wish mine would turn mahogany. I have a mind to turn it. I wonder the thoughts do not poison the roots. The idea of you saying a word against your hair, why it's simply wonderful. Edna says it sings in the sunshine. Oh, Ned pities me, I suppose she has such a fine crop herself, but I would love to be handsome. Suppose you start in to drag down some of that stuff you insist on taking home. Tavia said, Dorothy indicating the decorations that hung on Tavia's side of the room. Then it will be handsome, is as. Handsome didn't, misquoted Tavia. I don't mind dragging it down, but I have a mind to get someone to help me. I might give out that we were having a doings, and so entice Ned Ebony, and a couple of the others. You compendium of laziness, you proverbial prolonger. There, I have used up more energy in giving expression to those expressions than I should have used up in expressing the whole art gallery via the Amalgamated Express Company. Now, Dora, I am going to give a dragging-down evening. If you have anything you value that might get in the drag, take notice. And she left the room to gather in the innocent victims of her plot. Dorothy laughed, She did love Tavia, and once more they were separating from the days and nights spent together at dear old Glenwood. The girls had occupied the room, nineteen, in spite of the fact that their advance in class entitled them to other quarters. But each loved the apartment, and they had grown into it, as Tavia remarked. "'I believe I had better rescue my things,' mused Dorothy for there is no telling where the dragging may end. And, suiting her act to the words, she promptly put a pile of cushions on the highest chair, and began to take from her side of the room such trinkets as are inconceivably dear to the heart of every schoolgirl. How differently her division of the room was decorated! Tabby had actually drawn a line, clothesline, straight across the room, marking out the territory of each. Dorothy had put up pictures, birds' nests, flags, and the home colours, while Tavia had revelled in collapsed footballs, moth-eaten slouch hats, shot through and through, and marked with all sorts of labels, of the college lad variety. Then she had a broken bicycle wheel, in and out of which were laced her hair ribbons and neckties, this contrivance being resorted to in order to save the junk from the regulation pile, it being thus marked as a useful article. There were pictures, too, on Tavia's side of the room, but how they got there one could never guess from a bird's eye view, for the hanging indicated a sudden storm on art day, without paperweights. This same blow included the mottoes, and wise sayings, trophies of certain victories in the way of narrow escapes from dismissals, or such mementos as suspicious games outside the school grounds. No wonder Tavia wants help, thought Dorothy, as she hurried to get her own things, safely put in the box that stood ready. I declare she has the queerest taste, if such things are included in the taste faculty." A shuffle and hum at the portal indicated the arrival of Tavia's guests. Enter, called Tavia, as she threw open the door, and with the kind permission of the fair hostess, proceed to drag. Drag if you must, this good old bed, but spare my sister's rags, she said, and she deliberately kicked Dorothy's box across the room, while Edna, or Ned, proceeded to shoot up everything she could reach or at which she could lunge. Cologne, being Dorothy's friend, did the same thing on Tavia's side. Molly Richards, known as Dick, was not particular on which side she dragged, just so long as she got a hold on something. "'Oh, girls, do be careful,' pleaded Dorothy. "'I have a tea set here I am so fond of.' But the warning came too late for at that very moment Ned had thrown a picture, frame and all, into the box that Dorothy had started to pack the tea set in. There was a crash, and even the reckless girls paused, for the sound of broken china is as abhorrent to any girl as is the bell for class to Glenwood's. Tavia dropped the pop-gun she had been holding. Doro, I am so sorry,' she said. I KNOW YOU VALUED THAT SET SO HIGHLY. TAKE MIND FOR IT. OH, NO, INDEED, REPLIED DOROTHY, HER VOICE STRAINED, FOR THE SET HAD BEEN A GIFT FROM HER LITTLE BROTHER ROGER, AND HE HAD USED THE FIRST MONEY HE EVER EARNED TO BUY IT. PERHAPS I CAN HAVE IT MENDED. Cologne, Edna, and Tavia put their heads together. PRESENTLY THEY APOLOGIZED TO DOROTHY AND LEFT THE ROOM. "'Wonder what's up now?' Dorothy asked herself. She did feel badly, that tea-set of all the things in her room. She recalled how Roger had written that he had a surprise for her, then the arrival of the blue cups and saucers, and the note saying that the boy had sold lemonade, and thus earned his first money, then that he had spent the money for that set, and to think that it was ruin, for the crash told the woeful story of many pieces. Dorothy did not feel like finishing her packing. She felt more like having a good cry. She was thinking of home, of her father, the Major, then of her brother Joe, older than Roger, and lastly of dear impetuous Roger himself. Soon she would be home to them again. Was she not their mother ever since she could remember for her own darling mother had been called away from her little ones so early in a promising life. Sounds of voices in the hall roused her from her reverie. Tavia entered first, but her following, girl after girl, crowded into the small room, until its very capacity was taxed beyond its possibilities. "'We've come,' announced Cologne. "'So I see,' replied Dorothy.' all confusion. To make amends for our damage, continued Cologne. Every girl on the floor has contributed to the collection, and we venture to present to you the most unique tea-set that has ever gone in or out of Glenwood. Here. And she set her contribution down. It's my prettiest piece. And here is mine, followed Edna, placing on the table a real golden-white creamer. And mine, with my love, whispered Nita, putting down an eggshell cup and saucer. Oh, gasped Dorothy, how lovely. And Doro, dear, added Lena Berg. I brought my tankard. It was the best piece, and nothing else would satisfy the committee. I am sure, began Dorothy. Not too sure, interrupted Dick, or Molly Richards, for here is mine. "'It came all the way from Holland. "'Girls, how can I take all these beautiful things? "'I am sure you must want them your own selves.' "'Not half as much as we want you to have them,' "'declared Cologne. "'The fact is, we were just waiting for such a chance as this. "'We are all gone soft tonight. "'Take care we don't kiss you, Doro.' "'Tears were in Dorothy's eyes.' She loved her school friends and this was an affecting parting Tavia snatched up the banjo she sung Good night good night good night good night good night again god bless you and oh until we meet again good night good night god bless you the strains swelled into a splendid chorus and while they sung the girls wrapped up the china pieces putting each safely in the box beside the damaged ones. "'Speech! Speech!' came the demand from Tabby's corner, and without further ceremony Dorothy was lifted bodily up on the table, and compelled to make a speech. It was a dangerous undertaking, for the sofa-pillows that seemed to come from everywhere and nowhere put in so much punctuation that the address might have been put down as a series of stops. However, Dorothy did manage to say something, for which effort she was roundly applauded. The night-bell called them to the sense of skill duties, still unfinished. Oh, that old bell! complained Nita, pouting. Cologne drew Dorothy over in the corner. Asked Tavia about the man on the horse. She whispered, She got a letter from him. End of chapter 3